Welcome to the Built On Air Podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. In each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern and join our active community at BuiltOnAir.com. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OnToAir Backups. OnToAir Backups provides automated Airtable backups to your cloud storage for secure and reliable data protection. Prevent data loss and set up a secure Airtable backup system with OnToAir Backups at OnToAir.com. As one customer, Sarah, said, Having automated Airtable backups has freed up hours of my time every other week and the fear of losing anything. Longtime customer David states, OnToAir backups might be the most critical piece of the puzzle to guard against unforeseeable disaster. It's easy to set up, and it just works. Join Sarah, David, and hundreds more Airtable users like you to protect your Airtable data with OnToAir backups. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OnToAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome back to the Built On Air podcast. This is episode six of season 17. Good to be back with you. <coughs> Excuse me, recovering from a little cold. Dan Fellers with uh, Ali and Camille, as always. And want to welcome special guest Tom Halloran with us. Welcome, Tom. Hi there. Great to be here. Good to have you with us. We'll learn more about Tom and his story later in the in the show. So I'm going to walk us through what we're going to be talking about today. We always do four segments, an hour-long show. We start with our Around the Bases to keep you up to date on all the news and information on Airtable. Then a quick shout-out to our sponsor, on air Then we'll learn about Tom and his background and story. And then he's going to be sharing a cool base that he's got uh, or a tool to uh, build bases using AI. Then a shout out to join our community. And then Camille's going to walk us through interfaces and conditional logic. So with that, start with our round the bases. Uh, Last week, we did something new we'd never done before. We did a special segment of the Built on Air podcast. We had Max uh, Bernstein on talking about the Super Bowl in preparation for the Super Bowl. And he shared a, um, a base that he, were, he built uh, with his eight-year-old son to help him get excited about the NFL playoffs where they could track all the scoring and everything. And it was kind of a fun project that he did with his son. So we did a special uh, episode of that on Thursday to um to walk through that so it was pretty cool i just you can't that. really see my shirt but you know yeah i'm yeah. we're still celebrating camille. camille was very happy about that it was a great game uh it was exciting went into overtime so because of that we had to um also leverage aaron of course leverage this incident that happened in the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> Travis Kelsey yelling at uh, Andy Reid, the coach. And so Aaron says, in Airtable, they're called records, not rows, and fields, not columns. You're thinking in spreadsheets when you should be thinking in relational databases. <laughs> I do find myself every now and again, I'll, I'll call them columns, because most of the time I'm looking at it in either a grid or a list view. But, yeah. 
yeah yeah so this meme's going around of uh the player kind of sh- sh- pushing the coach a little bit and getting in his face over not get being in the game um so yeah thanks for that aaron good to see it's it's being used in that air table world <clears throat> all right some other news um this one came from uh i come i would say a competitor to air table Seconds. I'm gonna give us some more room. There we go. Um, uh, spreadsheet.com. I know I played with it. I never really used it for production or anything, but definitely played with it. They sent out an email yesterday to their mailing list that they are shutting down in the next month or two. So not even an acquisition, just completely being shut down, which which I thought was disappointing. But there is some cool functionality in here. Um, you could do things, you know, like a traditional spreadsheet, but it had the relational database. Any thoughts on their demise? This of the ones um, that came out around the same time, spreadsheet.com was in beta for quite a while, um, or at least open beta. So I knew about it for quite a while. Um, while some other uh, platforms were coming up and spreadsheet.com seemed like the one that I was most uh, interested in just because it was the most different. It really was a spreadsheet that was also a database, whereas um, things like Airtable and some of its like uh, more closely designed competitors are really relational databases that occasionally will look like a spreadsheet, but not really. And so this this one was definitely the most interesting of them, but I hadn't really seen a whole lot of it and I wasn't necessarily searching for it either. So that could be why, but I don't know how big of a user base they were able to acquire in the time since they moved off of beta into official release. Yeah, they, they in the email they said they had a thousand plus paying customers, which didn't seem like a lot. I was actually surprised by that. Um, but they do have some big logos on their, on their website, Walmart, a couple other big ones, Paramount, I think. So they did get some traction, but, but obviously not enough. And they said the reason to shut down was they didn't reach venture scale. And so likely ran out of funding and, uh, couldn't find a, a buyer. So I thought, I thought at least like Google would buy them because maybe they want to incorporate some of that into Google Sheets or even the name spreadsheet.com. It's got to be worth something. But uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised because they had an interesting product. <clears throat> yep. So there's that. Um, going into uh, LinkedIn, we kind of found a couple articles. If you like to uh, hear from people that work at Airtable, there's an upcoming webinar with um, Alex McDonald and Anne-Marie Minit, if that's how you say her name. Um, so this is next week on the 21st. And I actually met Alex a couple of weeks ago in Toronto and a uh, good guy. So that could be of interesting. It's on how Airtable equips sales and customer success to compete against anything. Very good. And it's put on by another group. It's, it's not by Airtable. It's with the Competitive Intelligence Alliance. So if that fits your use case, check that out. Um, here's another one from um, 
in the integration, you know, I like to I like to see other tools that integrate with Airtable. This one is called BuildShip that I wasn't familiar with, but basically what it does is um, it's not a front end like Softer or Glide or something like that. It's more of a uh, a tool to build actually backend processes, so cron jobs, um, ongoing processes, things like that. And so if you if you have um, processes that need to run, you could put Airtable as your database in front of that. And they now have an integration between the two. So that was interesting. So if you need that, build ship. Let's see. We've got one also similar to uh, what Tom's going to be sharing with the AI world. This one comes from Andy. He's been on the show before with this tool, uh, Data Fetcher. Um, that integrates with lots of different APIs, one of them being um, uh, OpenAI, which has the, the image uh, ability. So you can use that tool to automatically generate um, images that you might use for blog posts or anything. So if you want more functionality with, with uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT, that, that extension is, is a good one for that. All right. We're on a tool kick. There wasn't a lot of uh, other news. So here's another, um, this is kind of more of a tutorial using radar.com, which I'd never heard of, but it's an API to look up valid addresses. So if you have like a partial address, um, you can use this. And Joseph was kind enough to share um, his script to, uh, to basically incorporate um, with this and, and empty it out. So here's the script. You can copy and put that in a script. And um, I also like these as well. If you're learning how to use how to how to write script, um, ways to to learn from from others, working examples. So this is a fairly easy one. Just calls an API and then updates uh, each record accordingly. So that's a nice nice one to use. Um, but does require, uh, I assume, uh, an API subscription to, to Radar to make it work. Enter an API key. Very cool. All right, here's one. Um, this kind of comes up every so often, just kind of a reminder of like lack of response from Airtable. Um, if you're not getting a response from Airtable, trying to reach out, with somebody that's been waiting six weeks to get several questions answered. Apparently, if you post it on the forum, you might that might help. Unfortunately, that's that's not the way it should be. But it looks like the support team reached out to them after they posted here. So, um, so yeah, that's one way to get their attention. Yeah, with the most recent adjustments to pricing, uh, customer support was basically removed for uh business no what's it called team. team team i was trying to remember if team was the new name or the old name team is formerly pro or formerly known as pro and if you're on the team plan you don't really get customer service yeah yeah we don't know what what tier big red is on yeah they do help um yeah, apparently they do help a little bit, but there's no guarantee on your, your plan. So yeah, that is definitely um, 
uh, uh, downside to this is this is common that, that people struggle with lack of support. So because of that, one way is where do you go for help? Um, and this is in line with this post here, asking where do you where do you go to ask, just interact with um, with uh, people? So one is where this is posted, which is the table forums. Uh, Scott Rose is very active here and and runs this and um, is pretty good at answering people's questions. But as Scott also suggests, the other one is the Built On Air community. It's a Slack group that you can join. So thanks to Scott for for giving a shout out there. Um, Facebook uh, also has one run by Ben Green and and um, Chris Dancy and uh, Reddit. There's also an active community there. So those are some of the more common places to interact with with experts. Any others? <clears throat> I think that's all of them. That's you know my go-to's. Yep. yep. Yeah. Those are all the free options too. So yeah. Yeah. And then one more tool I always like to see competitors to uh, Airtable. This is one I think I had heard of it, but um, I had never really spent time with it. So. Um, this is, I just saw this on, on X or Twitter. Um, basically they, they built a, so retable sounds very similar to Airtable, but, um, this is basically, they now have a import from Airtable feature. So it makes it easy. If you are in Airtable looking for a, a solution, um, this is a paid solution and, uh, looks cheaper than Airtable. I don't, anybody ever mess with this one? Retable? Never come across it before. It also sounds like retool. Yeah. Like yeah. Retool and Airtable. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was trying to think of. I was like, that reminds me of a different tool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got some some logos here. <clears throat> so, yeah, it looks pretty similar. It'd be interesting as we saw from from spreadsheet.com like i mean we've talked about this a little bit but the the venture world is is tough right now raising raising new rounds is is extremely challenging you do need to show very very good numbers um so if any of these companies are are dependent on on venture funding it might be more consolidation coming um We'll see. I'm, I'm not familiar with the situation here. They might be bootstrapped. I don't know where they're based. It does look cheaper. It does look cheaper. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, if you're looking for, for alternatives or just exploring what else is out there, maybe take a look at Retable. Let us know if you like it. And that's sort of uh, what's going on in the world of of, uh, <clears throat> of Airtable. Relatively quiet. No, no feature releases from what I could see. Um, oh, there was some outages I, I did see in in our built on air community. I think on Thursday there was quite a few people saying there was issues, but it may have been maybe at the Amazon AWS layer because I guess other platforms were having issues. I don't know. Did you guys experience anything? Any outages? I got the like refresh the page error a couple times. Yeah, it seems to be 
par for the course a lot of times. So mm. yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't experience any major, but a lot of people saying automations weren't running and things like that. Yeah. A lot of the, um, the outages this year, I think they've been more frequent than I've noticed of last year around the same time, but they're less, the entire site of Airtable is down and you can't do anything. And it's more like silently your automations will stop working and then yeah. they'll start working by the end of the day, but there is that period of time. So not great. Yeah. And I did see yesterday, um, Real quick, Bill's list watching says retable will be recycled in 10 months or less. <laughs> Bill is known for his predictions. We'll see. But um, yeah, I did see yesterday they posted that emails were not going out through automations, and, mm -hmm. but I think it did come back. So that, that wasn't working for a few hours. Um, so if you were missing emails being sent out, I think that was if it was through their email, not not like Gmail integration. Yeah, I think it was for like the built-in Airtable emails. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Let's move on. Um, quick shout out on to where if you rely on Airtable to run your business, it's best practice to back up your data outside of Airtable into other systems. That's where on to where comes in focused entirely on supporting and backing up your data outside of Airtable. It backups your data, your your attachments, and now also your schema information. So check us out at ontoair.com. Use code BUILTONAIR to get a discount and make sure that you are backing up your data outside of Airtable. All right, Tom, let's learn a little bit about what you've got going on, a little bit about yourself. Have Ali ask some questions. Awesome. Yeah, Tom, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no, great to be here. Excellent. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Um, so I, I think the best place to start out is uh, how did you discover Airtable and what did that journey look like? Yeah, I first, start, I first played around with it a little bit in 2018 and I was using it as a bit of a mini CRM sort of thing. But so it was enough to just understand basically how it worked. But really, it was in um, the summer of 2022, so nearly two years ago. <clears throat> I'd recently left. I used I worked at Facebook before, and I left Facebook. And a friend of mine who had a startup um, got in touch with me to ask if I could help them figure out how to build a kind of data project. They were like, "We're a non-technical team. We're setting up a new part of the business. Um, it's about a 150-person company." I said, we're setting up a new part of the business. We need some data stuff. We're non-technical. We don't know what to do. Should we hire developers? Can you come and help us figure it out? So I was there for a couple of months over summer with this. There's a company in London and, well, New York and London. Um, so I was with them for like a couple of months, listening to it, like trying to understand what they were trying to do. And then after a while, I was, and they already had Airtable. They actually upgraded to the enterprise level while I was there. So they were already using Airtable quite properly. Um, and anyway, and after a while listening to them, I was like, I feel like you might Airtable might be able to do what they're asking. So I went quite deep into Airtable and, you know, started trying it out and reading all the docs and everything like that. And then I was like, actually, I think they basically wanted to build a kind of a, a little database, essentially, to keep it simple. But um, and so I was like, I think you could actually build all of this in Airtable. Um, and then I said to them, Look, I'll just build it for you because I'm already here and I know what you're trying to do. So I built them this thing in Airtable, this little database. We have many extensions. 
uh, as a kind of little portal thing. We had Parabola, which is one of my other favorite tools, Parabola.io, uh, along with Airtable. And I built the whole thing in like a couple of weeks. I mean, I, I said to them, like, I don't know how long it's going to take me because I've never built anything at all before. And then in a couple of weeks, had the whole thing built in Airtable. Uh, and, then, and I was like, this is a really pretty powerful tool. You know, it's pretty amazing. And then the real light bulb moment, though, was I went, I, let, I went to do some other projects elsewhere. And then I came back to do another Airtable project with the same client a few months later. And the original team, which was like four or five non-technical people who I taught how to use it, had sort of started adding all their own stuff on. They'd like, oh, we built some dashboards. We've changed these interfaces. We've added bits, you know. And, I, and that was a real light bulb moment because I was like, this is really pretty remarkable that this 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 team of non-technical people who have able to get a managed to get like a, a really pretty good data system going and they can do some stuff themselves with it as long as it's set up right and they have a bit of training and it was really quite a quite a kind of light bulb moment for me and they're still they're still using this system I spoke to the uh, my friend from there quite recently so um, anyway that was kind of how I got into it basically. And I just realized that there's so many uses that I tend to focus on small organizations like 10 to 15 up to maybe 150 people, that kind of range, uh, who are like not technical companies, essentially. Um, but there was just so many ways I could imagine these sort of companies benefiting from, you know, using Airtable. And I was like, wow, this is pretty, pretty impressive tool, actually. It is wild how, how easy it is for a non-technical person to pick it up. I think it's a very intuitive tool. Once you get it, like I, I like how you mentioned that light bulb moment, because I feel like every user has one of those um, where it's like, oh, wow, this can actually like become like a launching pad for all these other things. Um, yeah. Very, very cool. Um, so I know the tool that you um, were going to talk about today has to do with mm. AI. Um, yeah. Have you played with any of the built-in Airtable AI features yet? I actually, to be honest, I haven't really. I'm a little. I um. I haven't, to be honest. I don't. Re I mean, AI has been sprinkled all over every tool, hasn't it? You know, sometimes they charge you a bit extra, sometimes they don't. Like Notion, all these tools just sprinkle a bit of AI on top, and I tend to. I don't know. I tend to ignore most of those. I think maybe more interesting in two or three or five years what these companies start to do with AI when they really bake it in instead of just like sprinkling on top. So I actually haven't really played around with the inbuilt AI stuff, but I've been playing around with the open AI API and doing stuff directly where you can do a lot more stuff. So you can sort of control a lot more stuff. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've also felt I haven't touched any of the built-in AI. Right. I, th right. I think a lot of the tools that people are building are more useful. Um, I do, yeah. I was just going to say, also, do you think that, I mean, people often put Airtable in the bucket of automation, which is not really describing all of what Airtable does, but that's how some people in the world think about Airtable, automation, automating stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that AI is a bit, at least at the moment, is a bit of an odd combination with, with automation because with automation, you want to know that it runs exactly the same every time. And AI is just this kind of like, you know, creative genius who comes up with all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's quite an odd fit, I think, in some ways to have AI built into a tool where you just want rock solid data structure, rock solid automation. You don't want unknowns in it. So right. I don't know, but there's obviously loads of use cases for it. I'm just. Absolutely. Um, do you have any predictions for like where that might go? Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, I th where I am most interested in it eventually is in how it might 
teach people how a system works or teach people how to start using whether it's Airtable or actually, you know, other SaaS tools, but Airtable have obviously has a bit more, it clearly has a bit of a learning curve. If you just give it to someone for the first time, they're going to be like, I don't know what to do with this. I, I, I think there's, a, you know, and Airtable have done a little bit with that, with their kind of base generator thing that automatically creates a new base. But I think that this, I think this, one of the things that's really powerful about AI is it can help unblock you if you're stuck and explain concepts and give you sort of options if you're trying to build something. So I think the I think the real big opportunity with from Airtable's point of view, or one of with AI, is helping people get over those initial barriers where they don't know how to get started, or or they or they're halfway there and then they get stuck, uh, that kind of thing. So um, a bit different than the consultant thing, but more that just people ordinarily day to day using it, and that's especially true if you can integrate your Airtable if you're a company and you've got all your Airtable bases and your Airtable system if that can be integrated to an AI directly. So when I'm, I'm, you know, Joe Bloggs and my team trying to figure something out and I speak to the AI, the AI knows all of the Airtable bases in my company. It knows the documentation for all of the Airtable bases. It knows all the fields and so on. Then the Airtable, then the AI is really going to make a huge difference to teaching me and coaching me and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I could, I could imagine it would be a really cool time if you can like, you know, ask the AI questions about your data or about the schema or stuff like that. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh yes, definitely that. Yeah. There's loads of, loads of uh, possibilities. Wonderful. And um, so how did you get the idea to build the, the tool that you did? Mm. Well, I, I, partly I was just playing around with, various different things to do with the OpenAI API. But the origin of it is basically that I find, it if you're an Airtable consultant, it depends who you're speaking to. If you're speaking to someone who is technical or someone who has already used Airtable, then that's in a certain world because you know that they know what you're talking about. So if you start saying base, interface, you know that they know what you're talking about. But oftentimes I find myself speaking to sort of business owners or people in smaller companies and they don't, have any idea what Airtable is. Right. And you can sit there for an hour trying to use words to explain it, but because it's kind of conceptually new, they just, they just don't really kind of, they're kind of like, yeah, okay, I don't know. what They don't really know what to, how to visualize it or anything. So the best way always to, um, you know, get them to show, show them what Airtable can do is to show them something, not to try and describe it. And really what I realized is that, again, Partly it was a frustration actually with the fact that, and I don't know if it changed it yet, but I was always trying to find a good example base to send to someone from Air, and Airtable have this kind of gallery, but they only have the base and not the interfaces unless they've changed that. And I was like, well, you're not really selling it then because you're just giving them. Anyway, so I wanted a better way to show someone what it can do. And also when I was speaking to, you know, prospective clients, basically the I the best way to really get them interested in it is to not only show them a demo of a base and interfaces, but show them a demo of a base of interfaces where it's the data that their company recognizes. So if it's a construction firm, they're going to be like, well, we've got construction workers, we've got projects, we've got finances, materials, whatever. That's the sort of data that would make sense to them. Mm -hmm. So the, the origin of this was what is the way that you can really get someone who from like naught to 60 who doesn't know anything about Airtable suddenly to be like, wow, I can really see how this would fit into my company. And the way to do that is custom 
personalized data. But obviously, if you're going to do that manually and go in, try and take create as a project, it's just real, it's, it's not, it's not enjoyable. It's very time laborious time, very time consuming. So the origin of this was, um, it was a bit of an experiment to see if the AI can do it, but the origin of this was, can we get the AI to create loads of realistic joined up, uh, dummy data so that then you can knock together a demo in like half an hour, an hour, and then show it to someone and be like, this is what, this is like almost exactly what your company is interested in buying. Basically bring it to life, bring the air table to life. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Cause I've, found myself in that position before, you know, trying to explain it to somebody and mm. you're right. It's, they're not going to get it. You could show them examples, but if it's not something that they're going to relate to, then they might just tune it out. So that's, that's super, super cool. Yeah. 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 It's exactly that. you got to show, you show, uh, got people to show people stuff. If it's new, if it's conceptually new, they don't, if, I always say it's a cross between a spreadsheet and a database, right? But people, it doesn't, if people aren't technical, even saying a database is kind of, they still can't really visualize what that means. They'll just they'll just think of a spreadsheet. Absolutely. No, I relate to that very, very much. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. I think um, I'm really excited to see the tool. I think um, I could already foresee right. use cases for it. That's awesome. Yeah. And Tom, you're based where? I'm in London. In you're London. in London. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah. you run you run uh, uh, your your consulting firm is yeah. called. Uh, my consulting firm is called No Code Paradigm, which is, right. yeah, yeah, um, No Code Paradigm. Yeah, so I do Airtable consulting and some stuff to do with AI. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So people can find you there. So, yeah, if yes. you want to start sharing your screen. All right. Let's do it. Get into your base on how to use AI to build more bases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, a caveat, you know, this is this is like a uh, prototype, okay? So. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> It's a prototype that just I've been using up till now. So can you see my screen there? Yeah. Yeah. And if I, can you see Airtable there? Yep. Okay, cool. So I've built this in Retool, as I mentioned before. I built this in Retool and the, this Retool is connected. On the one hand, it's connected to my Airtable base, which is here. And on the other hand, it's connected to the OpenAI API. So it's going to go and get, it's going to go and ask, open AI for some data, and then it's going to go and put it in Airtable, essentially, is what it's going to do. Um, and so what I've done here, this is an empty base, right? So it has all of the structure. So imagine that I did a bit of work with an architect's firm in London, so that's where the inspiration comes from, right? But this is an empty base, but it has a few columns here, obviously, or fields. I should call them fields, shouldn't I, according to your that meme from earlier, not columns. <laughs> Um, so, got, so we've got project, you know, this would be a list of projects. This would be a list of, um, employees and this, and this is a kind of resourcing map. So obviously it's empty at the moment like that. So what we're going to do, come here to retool, um, give it a bit of information. All of this is going to get sent off to open AI. So give it a bit of information about the project that you're working on and the base ID. And if we do that. And then, so we can see it's pulling back those tables, uh, the table list from the base, so it's connected. So this is the main bit here, right? Here. So what we'll do first is do the um, employees table. So you can see that it's excluding any automatic, I'll, I'll show you this next time actually, because it probably 
let's get rid of that. These are these are the these are the fields that we want to create data for. So like that. We'll ignore this, ignore this for now. So we'll pick a GPT and then we're gonna say um let's create 15 records. So I'm telling um you know chat GPT what sort of data I want. Uh don't make pause. Um okay. Uh okay, so some instructions. So let's see if this uh let's see if it works. Oh, I see, because that thing is, oh, that's why. So one thing about the AI is that it's really pretty slow. So mm -hmm. it can take like 30 seconds, 60 seconds, something like that to um, come back with any results, which is a bit of a pain, but that's just, you know, it's a new technology and it's still. Uh... I'm so curious with, with Retool, when you're hitting that generate data, is it running a script or does Retool have an integration with OpenAI? Well, that's a good question. They, they, so Retool, yeah, Retool have a, Retool have, you can, you can either make Retool just connect to any API, but they have a load of out-of-the-box connectors. So they do have an out-of-the-box connector for OpenAI. So it's, it's quite, it's fairly, you know, if you don't mind playing around with this stuff, it's not too complicated to figure out how to configure Retool to connect to your uh, OpenAI API once you set up it. You have to have an account with OpenAI. So we've got some um, data here. Uh, like this, 15 rows as we asked for. So what we'll do is we'll just, so let's get out here and then do that. Okay, so all the data is in Airtable and we just have a quick look at it. It's got the emails right, because I told it was called XYZ Architects. It's got decent emails there. It's, you didn't see the roles before, but these were the roles that I already had. So what it's done there is it's had a look, it's gotten the whole schema. So I should say a little bit like behind the scenes, I'm also sending it the whole schema for the whole Airtable base, along with a load of other guidance and stuff. So that's how it comes it knows ex like which options it can choose from here. Um, and if we, I'm, I'm trying to show the quality of the data it gives here. So I've told it between 50 and 100K salaries, which is about right. I also said before that uh, the company had been running about 10 years. And if we look at that, it's pretty good. It's it's remembered that and factored that in. Uh, so this is like quite plausible, I would say, for a for an architect's firm uh, in London. So if we go back now and then go, so, okay, cool, got that. And then we'll do project list. Uh, so I'll show you a bit more. I mean, what this is doing is excluding anything which is automatically calculated because obviously a roll-up or a formula head table is not going to do. So we're going to get rid of that one. Uh, but then we want to create these. Let's so create some projects. Let's get that. Let's get that. So uh, create 10. Bill, Bill French asks on the, on the uh, comments if you ever use AI to help you generate these 
these prompt? Well, that's well, it's a good question. I mean, the problem is that this is the if the, the scenario is that you've had a conversation with a new prospective client. So this is the stuff that's in your head mm -hmm. mainly. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so you some at some point you have to tell you have to download what's in your head a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could do. And you, you might have mentioned a second ago, but for um, so you have the meta information. So like the drop down options, you're telling the API, here's your options or are you creating on the fly new roles? No, it, it's it, I along with along with the stuff that you can see here behind the scenes. I'm also every time sending it the entire schema for the Airtable base. And in that schema is listed the options. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. yeah. Um, and one. Uh, uh, oh And there's a tool out there that we never had on the show. I don't know if, I don't think they're still working on it, um, but they actually used AI <clears throat> with the, with the meta creation API to actually create your schema, mm. taking that, incorporating that functionality. Uh, yeah, that's ex exactly. Let's uh, let's try this one now. So we'll let that run. Yeah, I yeah yeah. And I think Airtable have did something like that where it creates. But personally, I'm a little more. I don't know. It might be nice for someone who's has no idea how data architecture or structures work, which is fair mm -hmm. enough. When using Airtable, I'm a little more skeptical of that because I think the design of the base and the architecture is like quite a high level skill and is quite a foundational part of the understanding of like what the client wants to do and i don't i just i'm a little i don't know yeah no that's I mean, fair yeah but but no it's pretty interesting it, i to be fair i haven't used them they might be really pretty good so we've got some uh things here so if we just you know this we got this one project list there's nothing in that and then we'll add that there we go so now those projects uh and just quickly that we've got budgets are about right uh and I mean, this is quite advanced. I've told it to put set summers in progress that are finishing in the future. Summers completed that finishing the part. It's all about creating like realistic data. And it's, oh, actually it's messed up those two. It's messed up these ones, unfortunately. And it's got those ones, but uh, I think that's because my instruction wasn't that good. So let's try then. So what we're gonna do now is, and this is the big part of it, if it can get it. The idea of this resourcing table is matching people to projects and their allocation on the project. So what we're going to do now is if, uh, is do start again. And now we're going to try and create the resourcing table with these ones. Yeah. But what we're going to do now is send the data that is already in another table. So now I'm going to get the project list from here. This is our project list that we just created. And then we're going to go and get the employees and add that. So now we're going to send 
not only the schema and all of this instruction, but also all of the data from the other two tables. Um, so I'll just write out this bit. All right, let's try that. And this one will take a little bit longer because we're giving it so much um, information. It yeah. does actually time out at like a minute and a half, so hopefully it doesn't turn them out. But I think yeah. one thing to say that's, if, that is a bit unusual about the AI that people might not realize is that when we've just made that request, it doesn't have any memory. So when I've just made this request then, it's like OpenAI have never seen any of this, but they've never seen this application, this retool app. They've never seen any of this data. It's reading all of the behind the scenes instructions, the schema, all of these instructions, all of this stuff up here, uh, all of these extra bits of data, and then generating that report. That was pretty good. That wasn't too long. So there we've got some data and then we'll put it uh, again. So yeah, it was awesome. So send that to table. Okay. So now, now we've got a map of people and what project they're assigned to. So if we group it by project, I asked it to have two to four people on each project. So it's done that reasonably well. I also I did ask it to have a project manager on each project, although you could say that I worded it a bit vaguely, but it hasn't quite done that. So we've got that. And then I don't know, maybe we could uh it by the employee instead um and this would be like for an employee it doesn't um, it doesn't i try a lot to get it to understand this allocation it doesn't really quite understand it was close but anyway the point is now there's all this data in it right uh if i was going to show them these little interfaces i should have showed you these before when they when they had no data but you know what charts look like in Airtable when they have no data there's just nothing there Hmm. Um, so now if you were to show them like a quick mock of a dashboard, it actually would have like quite a plausible, uh, you know, it would look quite realistic to an architect's firm because it's got, uh, profitability projects, projects here. They could go and look at their employees and see like, oh, you know, all of their employees, stuff like this, see, see what project that person's on, see what projects per that person's on. And so on. And so the idea is not it's definitely not a finish, it's obviously not supposed to be a finished project product. It's supposed to be enough that you can put this in front of a client and they'll be like, ah, light bulb, I get it. I, I get how this would work in my business because you've brought it to life uh with this data. And really the the reason that you know the motivation for doing all this, all this stuff in retail was that I was doing this in chat GPT and then downloading the data in a spreadsheet and uploading it, which is sort of okay but then you can't do this thing of link it was not going to understand a linked record then 
Right. We want it to actually kind of start to create a proper joined up base with linked records. And again, like if you show someone an Airtable base who's never seen it before and there's no linked records, you're not really, uh, not really demonstrating what the product does very much, are you? Because it's a relational database. So, um, so yeah, there we go. That's yeah. the uh, that's a demo. We have a few questions from Bill. Let's just put one on here. Um, Yes. Does the does the pipeline to the LLM store and potentially utilize your schema prompts and base information for other purposes? Uh, I'm not sure. I follow what he was. I'm not sure. I follow quite what he was asking there. Uh, I think he's saying like. I don't, I think if you were, I think you explained it that basically every time you're running the script, it's starting new, it's not yeah. storing that, you know. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is true, right? So the way retool by, if I hit refresh here, it, it will forget absolutely everything and it will be right back to the bidding. So I, and it's only a prototype, right? So I've not built retool yet to have any memory. The way you would have some memory in retool is it would have a little database which they give you in retool which yeah. would keep track of all your bases. And then you could say, okay, let me go into this base, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that could be a net. If, you, you know, if you're going to flesh it out and build it out, you might do that. Yeah. Or if you, I know like OpenAI, this might be what he's getting at is OpenAI has a product now where you can keep it in memory and kind of create your own LLM and store it at oh. the OpenAI level. Maybe they, well, if they do, I don't, uh, as, as I know it from my experience building with the API, it, tend, it doesn't have... Um, I know he might be right. Yeah, so I think some of the new changes they built to the API, they did build build in some memory around chat threads, mm -hmm. but I haven't looked at that yet. Yeah, so yeah. I treat it as each time it's completely brand new. Yeah. At the moment. No, that's cool. Any what's the plans for it? Are you planning to productize this and release, or just kind of? I don't of know. With I don't it? know. At the moment, it's quite useful for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, if there was interest, yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, anybody watching, if this is of interest, reach out to Tom. <clears throat> Very cool. That's awesome to see and uh, see how that works, especially the the linking, I think, um, is is a cool piece that you added to it. So very cool stuff. <clears throat> All right, let's move on. Thank you, Tom, uh, for sharing that. And quick shout out to join our community where thousands of Airtable users and fans are or congregating and talking about Airtable and asking questions. So join us at builtonair.com slash join. Join for free to get in the Slack community. With that, Camille is gonna show us some cool stuff and interfaces. All right, so relatively recently, Airtable announced that there were some updates to um, interface detail pages and also specific types of forms in Airtable, mainly the uh, interface versions of it. Um, and there were a couple of different updates that came all in the same batch, but I'm specifically going to talk about conditional logic in the case of detail pages. That includes both the side sheets and the full screen versions of it. So um, I haven't used this base in a while. This is my demo that I've shown on the show before that um, automatically links certain records to a report. Um, that's some time period uh, that could be either a year, quarter, month, week, etc. 
And then you could see I have certain log records linked into each one. And um, the way I'm going to demonstrate some of the utility of having um, conditionally visible groups or sections on your detail pages is that you don't necessarily have to redesign the same page twice. So really quick looking at the data structure, um, I have a field that's called subreports. So for the whole year of 2021, that's how long ago this space was made, um, you have every period that happens uh, during the year 2021. So all of the quarters in it, all of the weeks, all of the months. And then when you get down to the level of month, only week is the smallest time period underneath that. So it only has two sub records. So looking at an interface, I would start by just filtering the page of all reports to just show me the annual ones. And I would click into it and then I would get the same linked record field presented as a gallery view split into three. So each of these uh, representations of that same singular link field uh, has a filter on it to just show the quarters, just show the months or just show the weeks. And then underneath that, all of the log records that are inside of the uh, main record I'm currently looking at, in this case, the year 2021. So I would be able to click on any of these. Let's go to quarter and you'll see there's no quarters underneath the quarter, but there are months and there are weeks. If I go to weeks, it should have nothing underneath it and just the whatever log was there for that particular week. Okay. Um, and this is fine, but what I don't want to do is have to create a different um, interface design for each type of time period. I don't want to have a separate one that uh, just shows me months or a separate one that just shows me quarters. So what I can do now, thanks to the update, is I would be able to click on a whole uh, group and then scroll down to visibility underneath rules. The fact that rules kind of has its own section and only one thing in it makes me hope that in the future we get some additional rules underneath it. I don't know what those might be, but based on what I can do now, you'll notice very similar um, UI for this. It works the same way as regular filter, but now I could go um, if friendly name contains Q, for instance. Um, and actually, no, I want to do year. Um, and to explain what's happening, it's looking for um, details on the full record I've clicked on. And for clarity, let me unhide some fields so you guys can see what data I have to work with. If I do all that, you can kind of see some of the values that I have to play with. And now if I go back to visibility, I should have more selectable things to base my visibility filter on. So if I change it to time unit includes, uh, contains year, this will be hidden. It's actually the opposite of what I want. I actually want it to be does not contain year. And then this should be hidden. Um, and then I would repeat that. So for months, I do want month to show up when the time unit of the thing I'm looking at contains quarter. So I would alter this slightly. Does not contain quarter. 
And now if I preview, I did this backwards, live demos, <laughs> but um, pretend I did it right. You'll notice that quarters is not visible. Um, I actually wanted it to be visible in months not. So just remembering uh, the sort of order of operations, when to use certain filters and when not. But uh, that would allow me, as I continue to click into ones, you'll notice that what's visible and what's not changes depending on the record that I'm currently looking at, the main record in uh, the detail page. If I go back to edit, you'll notice that there's some warnings that pop up. The first, uh, not well, not warnings, but... Um, notes, I guess. The number one is that this is available for business and enterprise scale plans. It's not available for team, which is a little disappointing. Um, it'd be pretty useful, I think, for all levels of uh, using Airtable interfaces. And then the second one, just as important, Airtable does not recommend you use this feature for the purposes of data security. This is more for just decluttering the page, I should say. You don't really want to rely on um, whether or not something is visible on the page just because there are ways to um, get around it. And um, not referenced on that uh, pop-up, but referenced elsewhere in Airtable's documentation, if you have conditional visibility applied to a detail page, and I believe also a form, and you were to open it up on your mobile device, the uh, conditional groups won't show at all, regardless of what happens um, in your data. It just uh, will decide not to show it. So it's not quite compatible with mobile devices for that reason. So maybe hold off on actually implementing uh, conditional visibility until that's present if you are anticipating using it on a mobile device. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I really like this use case too. This is really creative. I like it. One of the things that I do a lot is, um, you know, I, I create a, a, a dashboard or something for uh, management and then another one for uh, your average staff member. And that those always end up being two different, um, two different pages or interface groups, largely because they just want to look at something and not necessarily because the data is, you know, it needs to be secured for any reason. They're all looking at the same things, but one person wants to see it weekly versus quarterly, you know? And mm -hmm. so rather than designing two different pages, this makes it a little bit uh, more feasible to design it once and then add a couple of, um, you know, a couple of tweaks to make it work for as many instances as um, you want. So some caveats, it would be great if the, um, if I could just have one of these uh, linked record fields represented as a gallery view and have the um, filter on it itself be conditional. Instead, I have to have three separate uh, linked records each with their own filter applied and then conditional visibility applied to it. Uh, that's not that big of a deal. It's fine, um, but it would be a potential improvement that they could make along these same lines. Um, I talked about it when we referenced this feature's announcement is, um, one more time going back into this view, 
the filters that you can apply are relative to the main detail page that you're on. So again, I'm looking at the year 2021 and only the fields that I have visible on the page. Um, I would like to be able to reference myself as the currently logged in user. So not necessarily the field assignee contains Camille Parks. I would prefer if if I could have some other global filter that just looked at who is a, uh, who's logged in and not necessarily who's tagged to the particular record. Right. And then secondarily, um, when you have nothing visible, um, so if I keep going down into my drill down, it now works properly because I set my filters up, right. I go into November, I get down into weeks, um, so weeks uh, doesn't have the any of the visibilities uh, turned on because it's uh, it doesn't meet the criteria of the other ones. There are no subunits of time that I've identified for this uh, particular base, which is great. But um, in instances where you have uh, the record for November, but there are no weeks yet for you know falling under the month of November. I would prefer if I had the ability to set in my settings going to visibility uh, hide if the total number of records um, is zero, which you can do kind of if you had a count field um, for November 2021. If the count equals zero, then you can hide the whole thing. However, if you're like me and you have a particular filter applied to this um, group, which I do, my filter is, there's so many clicks to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, when time unit contains quarter, that would mean I would need a different count field for each of those possible conditions. So I'd need a count count of quarters and count of months and count of weeks in order to do what I described, hiding the whole thing if there are no weeks that fall under um, this time period. Right. And then you would need to have those counts visible on this page, right? In order to be able Correct. to build them. Yeah. Yes. Which I want them to change that. I'd love to be able to apply filters that aren't necessarily visible without the field being visible. I would agree. Um, It's something that I missed when I was first playing around with it is that I was trying it on a detail page that had a lot of stuff on it. And so I didn't notice at first, but this is a very, very simple base with not a whole lot of fields to begin with. And I don't, I don't want to see time unit month. That's just for uh, some of these formulas to work um, under the hood. Uh, but in order for it to work, you do need to have this appear somewhere on the page. And I, uh, if it works the same way as um, form views, the field has to appear before the conditional. I don't know if that's actually the case, and we can test that. Like if I move this down and try again. Yeah, it still worked. Okay. So that's nice um, that you could shove everything at the bottom mm-hmm. and then um, have all the things that you want up at the top, but it still does need to be um, on the page. Excellent. Does it need to be 
uh, visible. Could you put a conditional on that group? Let's see. <laughs> so um, friendly name should always have something in it. So I should say hide if not empty or friendly name is empty. So basically <laughs> always. Yeah. Hmm. Still there. Still there. Uh, so I don't know if you can you can cheese it that way. Hmm. Um, what I have seen some people do is just call this like the utility section. Um, and wait, I think your visibility though. It you said it's visible if it's one or the other. So that's always going to be true. Okay, so hold on. So if you just say, just take out the second one, yeah. Hold on. Is empty. Yeah. My problem is that I'm I'm reading this as invisibility. Right. So you can hide this and have your conditionals, your conditionals that are based on the thing that is hidden still work. So that's a plus. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to have to do some uh, practice, I guess, because I'm I'm reading visibility backwards. Right. Um, when to hide? Yeah, hideability. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But this is those conditions, if true, will this will be visible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I'm reading it backwards because if you don't have any filters at all, it will be visible. And so to me, this is an additive thing. When, when to hide. Yeah. Yes. So if the default is hidden, I should be defining, if the default is visible, I should be defining when to hide. Yeah. Instead, I'm, I'm clarifying when to show. Yeah, that is confusing. <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Yeah, I hope that yeah, there's definitely more improvements they can make, but this is this this is going a long ways to make interfaces more usable in advance. So excited to see what else they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once they have the ability to make it like user specific, that's that's gonna be big. Yeah. That's the next thing I'm looking for. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Camille and Ali and Tom. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us what you've got going on. Absolutely. Hopefully, uh, people reach out to you and uh, and yeah, give give a plug for your website again. Where to contact you? It's a <clears throat> no code paradigm, all one word. No code yeah, paradigm. In the Slack channel as well. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Or Slack. So. Well, that's today's show. We look forward to seeing you next week on the Built On Air podcast. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, OntoAir Backups, automated backups for Airtable. We'll see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.